You're listening to iWolfs, Season 7, Episode 9, Puppy's First Night. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and Jamie Dunbar. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of iWolfs. I am Jamie Dunbar, and I'm joined as usual by my dad, Dr. Ian Dunbar, and Kelly Dunbar. Hello! Today, we are going to be talking about what you should expect during your puppy's first night in your home. How do you set your puppy up for success? Kelly, where do you like to put your puppy that first night they are in your home? I put them in their crate usually, either, you know, or a soft, even sometimes in a soft carrier if it's a very small puppy. And I put that carrier or crate very near my bed. I do at first. I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, the first night they're, they're like, what the heck? Where am I? What's going on? And I want to be able to reassure them um, easily and quietly. Or I'll sleep, you know, some people I, re- I recommend they sleep on the sofa um, near, you know, where the puppy is so that they can talk to them overnight and reassure them. Again, stick their hand in the crate if necessary and give them a little finger to lick and, and just make sure that the puppy understands they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll play some soft music as well for them. What about you, Dad? Where do you like to have the... Oh, were you going to say something else? It's classical music, not, you know. Not heavy death metal? Not for sleep times. (laughs) What about you, Dad? On that first night, where where are you and the puppy sleeping? Well, the location depends on uh, how many people in the household. I would so strongly recommend you have uh, two of you doing this. And if you live alone, I would invite someone to do a sleepover for three days. It just, it changes the whole thing because then you can do shifts. One of you, that would be me, does the night shift. And um, I, and I actually enjoy this because I love staying up late at night. And I actually love when it's just the two of us reassuring scared little puppies and I, I do have a brain that no matter if I drop off to sleep, I can wake up instantly and be a normal human soothing being for the puppy. Um, at 6 a.m. though, I then hand over to and uh, you know the person who's doing the second shift, that's when I am severely dysfunctional. So if you have two people, I like to start the puppy up off in a crate in his, the eventual location of the crate in the house. And I like to be on a couch nearby uh, with a book or mindless TV and um, puppies in there. And I keep going in to see it when it's sleeping. So I like noise in the house so they get you. So you don't have to tiptoe for the rest of your life. Like, puppy's sleeping. And so when he's asleep, I say, good puppy. There's a good puppy. And I come over and good little dog. Open doors, close doors, turn the TV up, turn it down to a whisper and, and so on. And if the puppy wakes up, I calm him from a distance out of sight. I'll try my best. If it doesn't work, I, I go in there. And I put my fingers through the crate bars. Um, I very, very seldom do I take the puppy out. That's only when I think, I think maybe they need to pee because we're not not calming. Otherwise, you know, I I talk to them, I calm them, fingers through the bars and and so on. If you only have one person, um, then the crate really needs to be by your bed. I've only ever done this once. and I would dangle my hands in the crate 
and um, the puppy actually fell asleep pretty well. Unfortunately, though, because he woke up at 6 a.m. and wanted me to take him out. That's when I'm not quite so good, but I, I did try my best. So, yeah, two people. Get someone to help you doing this because then you can get eight hours sleep, both of you. And um, it's, it's it parents know this, you know, so think of the same thing with a puppy. The wonderful thing about a puppy is it's only going to be like three days of hell and the <laughs> puppy sleeps all night long and you can feel proud of yourself that you have a puppy that sleeps happily in his crate and he's not stressed anymore. Kelly, what do you what do you think about the, the perfect schedule for the puppy's first night? I mean, you know, in a dream world, you do have two people or three people helping out. A lot of times it ends up being um, one person, either because a dream world, you know, sometimes you've got two people, but the same. Yeah, but I've, I've been in households with two people where there's still only one person taking care of the puppy. Uh, and, um, you know, and, and it's usually, and, and I've also had a lot of clients who say the same thing. Um, although I do, I did have one family who, um, you know, the, the parents, you know, there's always that talk, right, where they say, okay, kids, we're getting a puppy, but you are going to have to be a part of this and, you know, part of the responsibility. And this one family had three young girls ranging from six to probably 12, I think. And that mom, she, she was not kidding. She had them on a rotating schedule for even for the middle of the night um, wake-ups for potty. Wow. And um, even the little one did it. Uh, you know, they had to set their alarms and they had to go out with the puppy in the night. Um, so, you know, you can do that if you have a whole army of people. Um, so regardless, you know, you probably won't get as much sleep as normal for the first several weeks, honestly. Um, but the first three days will be the worst. Um, I think it's important if you can to preempt a young puppy and try to wake up, wake them up to potty in the middle of the night before they do, if possible. So let's say you put them down at, you know, I mean, they're going to go down after early, you know, like again, puppies sleep on the hour during their, during the daylight hours, day, of daytime hours are going to be up every hour or so, but maybe by 10 o'clock at night, you put them down and then you're ready at 11. So that's their final hour break. Now it's nighttime, 11 o'clock, you're going to put them to bed and you're going to set your alarm probably that first night for only two, three hours long and try to you know, quite keep it quiet and you have a blaring alarm that startles them. But you're gonna try to get yourself up and out and, and wake the puppy gently and take them out for a little sleepy time pee um, before they are urgently needing it or crying for you. And we do that to avoid accidents. But we also do that to avoid puppies needing to cry in the middle of the night to come out. You know, if you can preempt them, um, you can stretch that every day just a little bit, you know? And then you get, um, to the point where you know they're sleeping through the night but um I, I i do try to preempt the puppies rather than have them wake me most of the time i mean never say never and do that probably twice in the night um or if you're lucky like ian said you could have somebody do the late shift and then you just get an early shift um 11 to 5 would be a really long night for a puppy to sleep through i would say so usually you're going to be getting up at you know 11, sometime between one and three, or both in some cases. And again, at five, 5.30, and then you can put them back to sleep till 6.30 or seven. And I, when... I think it, it very much depends on the age of the puppy, of course. And uh, by nine weeks of age, no, a six hour sleep is not out of the question. 
you know, you could with some puppies get away with that at um, eight weeks of age, but at six and seven weeks, no way. And that- No, it depends. You no, are I'm much sorry. better, I think. Waking them up, putting them on the ground, they pee, then you pick them up immediately and they're usually asleep before you lay them down. Yeah. Back to bed. But, and that is the one time that I don't, I don't reward. I don't know about you, Ian. It's a good question. We never discussed this. Um, I don't reward with food treats in the middle of the night potties. I just, you know, you want them half asleep. I don't want to wake them up and activate them. And I don't want them waking me up in the middle of the night to get a reward. So I kind of treat sleepy peas differently than I do waking peas personally. Well, I, for me, it's totally opposite. I have to remember to reward them early in the morning because my brain just isn't working. But because I like staying up and because I'll sleep on a couch downstairs where the puppy is, um, I usually go, try to go for the, well, number one, I take them out for last pee at 1 a.m. And yes, I do give them treats because my brain is totally awake. And then I say, right, in there, go to sleep. And I've never really had difficulty then because it's so late for the puppy. And when they go to sleep, I praise them and what have you. And I, I may go to sleep myself, but I wake up instantly when they do in the middle of the night. But quite often I will get through, um, or I've been told I've got through to the, I like a 6 a.m. changeover, at which point I trot upstairs and get in bed for an extra two hours. and and to co-trainers waking up, you know, last few puppies was Gina at 6 a.m. and taking over and they've had a healthy eight hour sleep. But regardless of how we do it, I like to do it by alarm. So we know exactly how long the pup is sleeping. And if it's a success, you set the alarm for quarter of an hour later the next day. Um, if it's not a success, the puppy wakes you up, you set the alarm for half an hour earlier. And that way you can see progress. And as you go through this week, um, this very tiring week, you can see the products of your training that you're now, the puppy's sleeping for longer because you have the evidence on, on the alarm. So it doesn't feel so bad. So it sounds like neither of you would be using the um, long-term confinement area overnight. That doesn't sound like either of you think that's a good idea. No, I would only do that if you if somebody has a real sleeping problem or has has to has to get their eight hours or six hours and they can't be interrupted. But it is a good time to really teach the puppy to hold it because they're already naturally going to hold it a little longer at night when they're you know I guess they're you know physiologically I don't know, Ian you can talk about that everyone you know our bodies slow down at night just like we might pee every couple of hours when we're up and about and running around you know overnight most of us can go at least a few hours if not all night long. Um, at a time. So um, it's a good time to start that kind of holding it and, and quite great time training. But again, every household is different. You know, I never say never. If there are some people where it's like, I'm a night nurse and I have to get my few hours in the daytime when I can, you know, I mean, it's a reverse schedule, but the same thing could be, you know, said the other way. I just can't, I can't be interrupted and I am alone. I suppose with our tiny babies, you could, you could use their long-term confinement, but the, in my opinion, the less that they they rely upon their long-term confinement as a toilet in the house, the better off you are. That should be more of, you know, I don't want, I don't want to say emergencies, but, you know, kind of like versus the, the habit and the go-to because it's convenient for you. Yeah, I think the long-term confinement is an option at night. I would never use it because I think it's wasted crate training 
And the purpose of crate training is to teach this puppy to hold it, to tell you where it wants to go, and to be able to train it to go on cue and to reward it for doing it in the right place on cue. And I want that in there as quickly as possible. And it usually only takes three to four days before puppies get it. So I wouldn't waste a good six to eight hours at night by having the puppy having the option of peeing when he wants. I would much rather go through of three days of effort to get this puppy house trained and chew toy trained as well and used to crate living, whereupon everything now is um, expansion and more freedom progressively day by day and eventually full run of house and garden for life. What I don't mm -hmm. like is puppies that get full run during the first few weeks and then they're progressively confined to smaller and smaller spaces as they get older. That I don't think is, is fair. And if we, you know, if we talk about what is inhumane and what's humane, well, it's relative, you see. And so confining a puppy to a crate is very humane because the stress is only for one or two days and then it's progressive freedom the rest of its life. The other way around though, I think is extremely inhumane. You give the puppy freedom and then say, oh, rule changes. Now you're outside or now you're in the garage, you know, where you're now progressively reducing the puppy's freedom and quality of life. So I'm, I, I and, and I used to be very anti-crate years ago and, and I still, I don't like the look of them. I don't like them in the house. They're ugly, you know, but when I think how it facilitates the quick training of a puppy I've now turned into a total advocate for just great train for the, the first week and you have a different adult dog. It's going to be so much easier for you because you're always giving dogs little presents now. Now, when you're out of the crate, you can have the living room as well, you know, only on the ottoman though, not on the couch yet, you know, and, but you progressively... And then, you know, like we have talks with the dogs here because they often come in at six to nine months and say, no, you haven't graduated to the couch. But once they're 15 months, they get a place on the couch at night for four hours. And so I love progressive freedom. And you can only do that if you're ruthlessly crate training at the beginning and I wouldn't waste it. So we talked in our last episode a little bit about um if your puppy's whining in their crate during the daytime, is there anything different that you would do in terms of how you, you deal with whining at nighttime? Well, who, uh, Kelly or Ian? Uh, looks like Kelly's thinking. Kelly, do you want to answer it or we throw this one to Ian? Oh, Ian's ready, he can go. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I think it comes down to clear communication in terms of guidance two instructions that really help the puppy uh, lie down and shush. And so, you know, shouting may stop them whining, but it's not very helpful and it freaks the puppies out. And so lie down. And I'll often work with a puppy who we've only done down a few times, but now he's in the crate and they keep saying, lie down, come on, lie down. And actually, I missed a filming moment today. I was soothing this puppy that's working himself up. And another uh, adolescent dog was sitting. And as I was saying, lie down, you're feeling sleepy. This dog 
went like this and I thought oh why haven't I got my camera this would be so funny and then eventually it toppled a few times and laid down so lie down we can teach it on the trot by you know lie down come on lie down and when you're on, on the trot yeah and what is that? <laughs> it means on the go like in real time in real life so we haven't done enough training because it's the first day the puppet's at home. So we can teach him down now. And the keys are, we keep repeating, come on, lie down, lie down. And when he does it, good puppy. Who's a good puppy, good dog. And the same with Shush. And of all the, the behaviors to control, the hardest one of all is whining because it appears to people, they say, oh, he never stops. No, they do. Whining, like barking, is episodic. But when you're listening to a non-stop whiner, a non-stop barker, the pauses are tiny. They're, if only to pause for breath, and you've got to capture those. So it's, hey, shush, 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 shush and whisper. If you don't shout if you want a dog to be quiet. If you whisper, they have to listen to hear what you're saying. So when they pause for, good boy, good dog, that's it. Then you'll find your little episodic pauses in whining, or we call them quietness, get larger and larger. But at the start, you're working with quarter of a second, half a second, then a full second, then two, three, and four seconds, and you praise it when it's down, you praise it when it's quiet. And um, this is, is very dramatic when you're doing this with an adolescent dog, because it's amazing the noise and the kerfuffle that they can make. I mean, the energy level is enormous. And when you start to calm it down, um, it's just, it's beautiful to see, but you must keep calm yourself because if you get agitated, the dog will take your energy, magnify it tenfold and throw it back at you. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, I would do exactly the same thing. Um, uh, and I am blessed when it's nighttime, I can do that. I couldn't do that early morning. It's why I'm so grateful for morning people because I just, I can't simply cannot do it. Take, um, you take the village. It takes a village. And uh, I would strongly suggest when people get a puppy, they ask around, would a neighbor like to sleep over? You know, and, you know, share the duties like you're going to do with your neighbors, Jamie. Are you actually going to sleep over? I don't know. That was actually another question I had was, um, yeah, it's probably easiest for the puppy if the puppy stays in one place as opposed to the puppy coming over here for a sleepover, especially because we want to split the day, the split the evening, right? So the puppy should be in one place. Um, not necessarily, no. Um, I had some really good friends who shared a puppy with their neighbors and the neighbors had it weekdays um, and they had it weekends and went up to the ranch with it. And this puppy just lived the life of O'Reilly, you know, weekdays with kids and weekend at the ranch with the horses. And so, no, it's it's been stressful enough leaving mum and litter mates. I don't think being in two houses is any more stressful than being in two different rooms in the same crate. And um, and that's a very useful skill to master so that if, if your neighbors go to Hawaii, the puppy can come and stay with you and it would be seamless. Maybe that's the puppy will ha come have a sleepover here then. Yes. <laughs> Kelly, do you have any parting thoughts about uh, nighttime, first, first night with your puppy? 
No, just, you know, settle with them, chill them out, cuddle them a little bit and uh, help them just make it through not feeling stressed out. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Season 7, Episode 9 of iWolfs. If you'd like to learn more about dog behavior and training, make sure to check out DunbarAcademy.com. And as always, thank you for listening.